How's it guys and welcome back. Myself and Dev are going to be continuing our little discussion we had last week. But before we get onto that, we're going to add some more videos um, of us doing some circuit experiences, some of the events that we've, that we've done throughout the last couple of years. We'll put some pictures in the roles. Uh, so if you're listening to this on a listening platform, if I can call it that, you can go onto YouTube. I'll put it in the description and you can actually watch this with some videos in the background. We'll start populating some more experiences that we had as well. So um, we uh, recently did a little event last week. We did it on what days? Uh, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wasn't it? Or was it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? We did a three-day event last week. <laughs> um, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday. Anyway, but um, we did these uh, starlet reveal for for some guests, um, some fleet owners. They came to drive the cars. We did an event at SWAT Corps. And we just wanted to take you guys through exactly what we did and what it takes to do these types of days. So, Dev, I don't know if you want to start. Yeah, I, th I think our industry, if, for those of you that follow us on Instagram and maybe don't, don't necessarily work with us on a daily basis, you, you see these pictures of cars and... You know, we do some amazing stuff, um, you know, with various different brands. The, the, the stuff we've done with Jaggy Land Rover, with Toyota, with BM over the years has really been a privilege. Um, and to drive these special cars and just to be involved in the whole thing. But I think what we need to show you or discuss is what happens before the Instagram picture. What happens before that infamous hot lap that we... We, we talk about for the next two weeks or two months or two years until we get to do it again. Um, and that's what Wes and I are going to do today. Is we're going to take you through one of the days last week. It wasn't a particularly long day. I think it would be considered a short day. But still seven hours. Yeah, still seven hours. But just so that you can see what goes into the whole thing. So we um, we had to meet up at Zeven. Kloofzicht. out at Machali's side. Um, our arrival time was seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, and then again, we've obviously got to take into consideration traffic and whatever. So Dev had a shuttle service running from his house for the guys. That was it was quite far for him. So that's step number one is sorting out. Basically, how do we get there? Yeah. So logistics. Yeah. So we were lucky enough to have a Hilux to take everyone through from four ways to Kloofzicht. The petrol price at a million rand a liter. Mm. It was it was well worth it, and it helped everyone. Um, so early departure, quarter past six, leaving my house, it's dark, and off we go to Kloofzicht in the cradle of humankind. Where it's as cold as anything. Yes, coldest place in Joburg. Yeah, so sunrise, when I left, it was about six degrees here. When I got that side, it was about two to three degrees. Yeah. And then the one day we had fog. So our arrival time was seven o'clock. Um, we, as Dev says, the guys had to arrive at his house, quarter past six, get to Kloofzicht, seven o'clock. It's freezing cold. Um, we all get then our drips and drabs, and then eventually, once everyone's there, or as people start arrive, we uh, we start parking cars. So the the, the thing for advanced driving inst instructors, professional drivers, stunt drivers, however you want to call it, first thing we do every day is we park cars. And it's not just parking like you park in the parking lot or outside the disc in, but everything has to be dead straight, has to be lined up, has to be in place, has to be in order. Has to be set up the correct way. Has to have a cooler box. Has to have a cooler box. Has to be color specific. Yeah. Drivetrain specific. Yeah. Does it look better here? What Everything has to be perfect. Uh, down to the temperature gauge on the aircon settings. Yeah. Have to be at 21 degrees. Um, that is how specific things get. Headrests have to be down. And it's, it's not so much a hack because you get used to doing it. Mm. And 
the most amazing thing is when you look at it all set up that the cars all look right and it's amazing that you can walk down the line and you can see straight away oh someone's missed a missed yeah. headrest whatever the case is and i often look on instagram at other launches yeah. and launches that we we don't we're not particularly on and one car's out one car's out <laughs> and we will see it we're like oh that car's out they messed up the parking it's like a it's a weird status thing yeah it's it's a bit of pride that you take it's pride, I suppose. Yeah. but uh I can actually say thank you for Keyless Start for that. Yes. Because in some launches we've been on, we've had, geez, 50 cars. Yeah. probably the most I've done. Yeah. Okay, this one we had, what, 10 cars? Yeah. But uh, I remember when we used to pull out keys and you had to try and match a key to the car to unlock it and put in the ignition. And now with Keyless, you just walk with a bag. You forget how much that bag's worth with so many keys in. Yeah, walk into just, the cars. Yeah. Unlock. Stop. <laughs> much yeah. easier. But um, yeah, so we, we line up cars, uh, we do branding, you get fiberglass in your hands, which is quite lacquer, especially because you're going to be using your hands throughout the day. We set up branding all over the place, depending on where we want to park in cars at entrances. And then we're ready at about, what's that? Opposite. Yeah, opposite seven, quarter to eight. We finally yeah. have the car set up and everything. So it sounds like it's only half an hour, but you've got six guys running around like headless chickens, swearing at each other. Bear in mind, no guests have arrived yet. This is just us, <laughs> freezing cold. Then we finally go grab ourselves some coffee. Um, they literally just set the coffee out. Uh, we will go sort ourselves out, grab a coffee. Um, by about 8 o'clock, we're on the road. And we're making our way to Swatkorps. Dev and Paul, we're waiting for the guests to arrive, welcoming them. You guys did registration. Yeah, okay. yeah. so there were, there were two teams on, on this, this particular event. Uh, we had the setup crew, I suppose you could call it, call it that. And they would go through the track a little bit earlier. Set the skid pan up, set the racetrack up. Stop. Setting up skid pan means taking out 40 cones, <laughs> measuring them the right way, making sure that everything is uniform once again, so that if a normal person arrives and sees these cones, do they know where to drive, how to drive? And they're in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> everything must be in a straight line. Again, yes. So yeah, so we go set so, up. So they go through, they set up the skid pan, uh, where we set up an oversteer exercise, which is a loss of traction of the rear axle, if you don't know. And a Gymkhana. Yeah. And we said the word Gymkhana. And for those of you that, that follow our humor, you'll understand that. <laughs> um, apparently it's copyrighted. So we set up a Gymkhana and then they set up the track. With some activities on circuit with turning cones, apex cones, those types of things. Yeah. And a slalom at the back with an unbraked lane change uh, between turn four and five, if you know Swat Corps. So while that was happening... Paul and myself were at uh, Kluvsucht welcoming guests, getting everyone registered, drinking more coffee, as we do. Um, and so we're more on the, on the admin side now while the team is setting up. So this is all happening simultaneously. And it's like, what do they say, like a, a swan or a duck. Yeah. That is absolute chaos underneath the water, but on top it's, it's smooth sailing. And that, that is our industry. And it doesn't matter, matter whether you're working for Toyota, BMW, Jaguar Land Rover, whoever it is. The guests never see what's happening. Mm -hmm. They arrive, the cars are parked. Yeah. They uh, they get to the track, the track is set up. And the cars are parked there again. Um, wow, and that's another thing. Yeah. And that's, that's what people often, they, they forget about that. You know, I suppose it's the same thing when you go to a hotel and your room's made up. Mm. Yeah, you think that, oh wow, this place looks nice, but mm. there's about five, six people behind the scenes doing everything. Yeah. Well, by then, so... We only finish our setup on circuit at half past nine. You guys... No, half past eight. No, half past... 
No, half past nine. Half past nine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you yeah. guys only arrived at the circus half, half, yeah. circus half past nine. Yeah. So what did you guys do there? You did briefing with the guests, normal safety briefing? Normal safety briefing, and then guests make their way from the coffee station and breakfast station through to the cars. How long does that take? Dave's got an expression, it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's called herding cats. <laughs> Okay, so imagine you've got a whole bunch of cats and you're trying to get them to go in one direction. It's very difficult. I want to go for a smoke. I yeah. need to wee again. <laughs> so, so that's the whole mission. They get into the cars. Um, you make sure everyone's comfortable. Seatbelts on. It's a very big thing. Do a comms check because each car's got a radio. And then we will convoy them to SWAT Corps. Once again, now you've got these same cats, but now they're in cars. So the same logic sort of seems to happen out on the road with everyone wanting to go their own direction. And we run this convoy drive with the car in front, the car behind. I remember that Instagram photo you saw of the Supra parked early in the morning. Oh, these guys are amazing. They're driving. And we were in Supras. We were but think about everything else that happens behind yeah. the scenes. Um, so we make our way up to SWAT Corps. In a long convoy, we've got starlets either side, or starlets in the middle, Supra, lead and sweep. Um, so really good fun for us because we're in the Supras and the guests enjoying the new starlet which I think is quite a nice car. Mm, no, it really, fairly for money, that, that is a flipping good car. And so from there, we arrive at SWAT Corps. At SWAT Corps, we split. Half the team goes, or half the group goes to the skid pan, and the, half, the other half goes to the racetrack. So stop there. When Dev says split, it's as we arrive into SWAT Corps, you've got to get X amount of cars down to the skid pan where half of the team is waiting, and then the others follow to the pit lane where the other team is waiting. Now again, just to get that split sometimes... Yes. The cats are struggling to be herded once again. They want to follow the wrong car, even though you've told them to follow the blue car. And they'll follow the red car. Now, bear in mind, it's half past nine. We haven't done any Instagram driving techniques or anything yet. No. We've literally set up. We are dirty from cones from yesterday that are still wet and dusty. And now we've got to look presentable for our customers. Customers arrive down to the skid pan where it was either myself and the vol. Sco, whatever. There's two people there. And then there's two people on circuit to catch them. So their experience has started. We're still micromanaging and managing the event as it yeah. is. So we'll, we'll start off with the skid pan. So these two events run concurrently now, they, the track and the skid pan session. So as Dev said, we'll have two elements. The one element is we will create an oversteer in the vehicle, so the, the Ken Block maneuver. And um, the systems, the safety systems that are in the vehicle, they'll get a chance to experience and feel. But we'll also turn the systems off for them to have a little bit of fun and understand what the systems do when it's on and off. So each person gets a chance to drive that. I still haven't driven. I'm sitting passenger seat, doing a lot of talking, trying to protect my life and their life and the car's life. Um, And they'll do that for about, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes, yeah. So they all get a chance to experience that. And then we do a timed Gymkhana event. The Gymkhana? The Gymkhana, where each of them get a... Uh, a run to try set a benchmark where there's cones that have to get knocked down. We don't want the cones to get knocked down because then we've got to go run and straighten them. So we make a, a solid effort that they don't hit the cones. So stop. <laughs> okay, cones getting knocked over on a skid pan is something that most instructors, by most, I mean all, hate. Because you land up driving home at the end of the day with wet shoes. Wet shoes, wet socks. Middle of winter. Middle of winter. Yeah. Unpleasant. If you ever go on an advanced driving course, please drive around the cones. <laughs> you know they're not going to now. No, they're not. I'm going to book a course and I want to plow through all the... Oh, I love. oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> and you get out the car and uh, there's, there's choice language. Yeah, uh, but also you've, it's, it's not like the cone's next to you. So you run, you go put up a cone. Five seconds later, you're running back. What We do on average, what, 10,000 steps a day? Oh, yeah, it's quite Quite 10, easily. Yeah. 10,000 events, 18, 22,000, yeah. whatever the case is. 
advanced walking instructors. That's, That's exactly what we are. So anyway, once they've done the Gymkhana, uh, we will then collect their times and then we will then change the two groups around. So the circuit now comes down to the skid pan, the skid pan now goes down to the circuit. Okay, still haven't driven a car. Okay. So now, now the circuit, now remember this happening simultaneously. On the circuit side of things, we try and break things up that is not just lapping. People often get to a racetrack and they think that because you're at a racetrack that now you're going to race. And straight away people that have never been on a racetrack all of a sudden become racing drivers. Yeah. All the opposite. Some people are so nervous. They so, drive to the racetrack doing 200 k's an hour on a public road and then yeah. on a racetrack they do 60 because they're That's scared. true. That's yeah. true. So weird we how you get the two, two opposites. Yeah. Exactly. We've got the two complete opposite types of people. So setup wise on a, on a racetrack generally and this is across the board, is that people won't just allow guests to go straight into lapping. There will be a bit of instruction, there will be a couple of exercises before to get guests comfortable with the cars, get them comfortable with the, the circuit layout and the objective of, of each exercise. Um, it's all around safety. So when you see these videos and you, you want to do these courses, understand why things are done that way. It's first of all to teach you a little bit about the correct steering technique or correct braking technique before you start lapping. You know, imagine we just let a random person head out in 500 kilowatt car, yeah. 400 kilowatt car. Around a racetrack. Around a racetrack. So that's why the Starlet activation was obviously all about the Starlet to, to fleet customers. And we started off with a braking exercise. Everyone got a chance to do a bit of emergency braking. Quite important. So it's, it's uh, down the main straight, you do zero to 100 yeah. full gas and then full brakes to complete stop. And most of the cars tend to have two or three people in. So the mass, then they can start to understand and feel the ABS feature and whatever the case was. So they got a chance to experience that. It blew people's minds. Just yeah. jumping on the brakes as hard as possible is something that you don't get to do every day. And it really does blow people's minds. So great, great start there. Mm. And then from there, we went into what is known as sighting laps. So this is where we get to drive now. So uh, <laughs> First time. And, and by then, it's about half past 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, half past 10, 11 o'clock. So we get to drive. So this is where we'll take the guests around the circuit, show them the layout of the circuit. Show them the setup, the cone setup, the objectives of each exercise. And it's very important for us to do that because then everyone kind of knows what to do. You don't get that hooligan rushing out of the pit lane because they understand the objective of the exercise. Um, and this is where they'll start doing laps. But at the same time, what, what we're also doing is we're introducing them to the circuit. So a lot of people that join us have never been on a circuit before. So it's a matter of getting them to understand the purpose of a circuit, getting them to have a look at the cones, understand the vehicle, where to look, how to steer, there's, there's so much going on from our side, but like Dave says, it's the duck with the, with the feet under the water, is we're trying to get as much across as calm as possible without stressing them out, but not making them too excited so that they don't want to drive the car hard, but then they want to learn something. Mm. So we've kind of got that skill that we've got to manage as well. So we only get two laps to go around. Yeah. And in those two laps, we have to, like Dave says, do a, a sighting lap to show them what the track looks like and people don't understand how tight corners are on circuits. The 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 cone positioning why we got the cones like that and then we get to the first activity which is a slalom and then we get them to drive a slalom at a certain speed and get a feel for it and chassis dynamics and feel this about the car then we do a no brake lane change which yeah. is 80 k's an hour full full right full left get the car to move around feel the safety features so there's a lot going on in those two laps that we're doing at 40 to 60 k's an hour so it's yeah. not like we're exceeding any massive speeds um and that's where essentially the 
the disciplining, if I can say that, the, the, the standard starters. If I do it at 10 tenths, they're going to try. So you want to start it off slow and build them up rather than get them to think, I'm on a racetrack, let's go mad. So now we've got that expectation to handle as well. Yeah, that's, I think it's all about handling the expectation mm-hmm. of the guest. And that's why there's some nice clear objectives and clear understanding of what they're there to do. Mm-hmm. They're there to enjoy, in this case, a starlet. And whether it be a Toyota starlet or a 911. Yeah. Is the objectives have got to be the same, yeah, um, and often the exercises are the same. Oh, how's that for mind blowing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, same paces, same same everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, same setup. Yeah, um, people don't understand that, and then you yeah. get the question like, "What's the? How fast can you go around the how track? How fast can you go? Yeah. So that's normally where we tend to find. It sounds wrong, but we tend to find the vinchats to the conservatives. And and as I said, some people will, will drive the circuit at 40 k's an hour. Some people will try to drive the, the wheels off of the car. And we understand that. I mean, if you had an opportunity to go to a racetrack for the first time, you also want to experience it for that. But then we get into salesman mode and we've got these courses. We've got the high-performance courses. Come and do that. This is about this. And that's, again, reeling it in. But then the people that are doing 40 k's an hour, you want to push them a bit more. You want to get that excitement out, not only for the car, but for the experience so that they're enjoying the day rather than it becoming a burden. So those expectations are so vast. It's, and, and that's what you're supposed to do in five minutes of knowing a person. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. We get very good reading personalities. Yeah, yeah exactly sure. that. And then they get a chance to drive this, this route that we've set out for them. Um, and then again, you get the guys straight out the pits that want to do 200 k's an hour. And then some people that take the time getting to the first corner. And we're sitting passenger, talking to them about the car, talking to them about, you know, loading tires and whatever it is. Number one, to try to distract them from going fast. Number two, as well, just to inform them and get them comfortable with, with how it works. Um, and then they get into the slalom, understanding the slalom, getting the car to turn, then we do the lane change, the no brake lane change, and then we do another lap. And in that that short period between the no brake lane change and back to the slalom, you have to eliminate what they did wrong and how they could make it better and feel how the car did this. So you coach them and right coach now. them through each turn. Exactly. Oh, that's right. And then you each still turn. show them. Look at the cone turn in here. Yeah. Feel this. No, we, 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 we don't stop talking. Yeah. With each lap, and then that guest will get out after their two laps, and another guest will get in. And then, and, and the the goal of the whole thing. And this is once again where the objective is not just about the, the, the client, but the instructors too, is that you'll get days like this where you'll be, this particular one was showcasing the starlet and the safety features of the starlet. Entry-level car, but you'll get the exact same day showcasing an Rover F-Type Sport R or a Range Rover Sport SVR, showcasing its features, showcasing torque vectoring, showcasing a supercharged motor, um, whatever the case may be, and you just adapt your whole thing around what, what particular vehicle you're in. Um, then you'll get the same thing where instead of showcasing a vehicle, you're teaching, you're coaching. This is how you can go faster. This is how you can carry more speed. This is understanding vehicle dynamics. And then it's not so much about the car, but it's about the driver. driver. That's right, yeah. So, so circuit stuff, we, we've deviated a bit from, from the starlet, but yeah. it can be broken up to various different things. Mm-hmm. That particular day, about the starlet, about them having a bit of fun in the car. Yeah. And then a bit of a promotion at the end with the, with the GR products. And that's where we finally had our fun. Okay, the GR stuff. There will be a video. Yes. Okay, there will be a video of the Supra. There. Yeah, yeah, insert here. Yeah. And um, hopefully a video of the Yaris too. And we managed to do laps in both those cars. So Supra GR, 3 litre straight 6, 280 kilowatt. Well, they claim 250 on yeah. the red, 280 on the blue. Yeah, so the power figures we don't believe. Rear wheel drive, good fun. 
And then the Yaris GR, great car, loads, rave reviews, uh, 200 kilowatt from a three-cylinder. 1600, that's 1600. right, manual. Yeah, manual. Mm. Completely different type of drive. So this is where we start enjoying it. It's a matter of we now take the customers for a drive to number one, showcase the product. And number two, it's us letting our hair down. It's 12 o'clock now. We've been at work for six hours and now we're only getting a chance to drive. Um, we did have rain on the one day. I've got a video of the rain. I'll show you guys. Uh, we had a drive situation. Now, again, you're not driving the car balls to the wall. You you want you want that 10% more than they're comfortable with um, yeah. just to, you know, showcase the vehicle but at the same time we don't get to do this often so it becomes a fun aspect from our perspective as well but again keeping into consideration their safety our safety other people's safety and obviously the vehicle needs to then make its way back home we can't you know put a blanket over because we crashed it or the engine broke and it, it's bad for the brand so you've got to start managing those expectations now as well yeah it's not a qualifying lap no sometimes it's not far off but is it <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's part of the day that every instructor looks forward to yeah and it doesn't matter which brand you're working for, it's, it's why we do this. We're at the end of the day, we're drivers. Yeah. Um, and we enjoy exploring the limits of, of a new car or of a car we haven't driven in a while. Mm. And to drive the Supra around the circuit is, is something a little bit different for me in, in recent times. Um, to drive the Yaris GR around the circuit yeah. is something very different, being manual, very light, very... Yeah. like short wheel based but also uh, sticky in the wet stuff yeah like, amazing like, amount of grip the fact we actually had the wet driving we drove them concurrently with the yeah. supers and the dry the supers were noticeably faster yeah. but in the wet that yaris was just and that surprised a lot of people when i yeah. told them that the supra was was a bit faster than the, the yaris. yaris more than double the power yeah 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 but, but uh, people don't understand numbers sometimes. i suppose but uh because the supras are really into if we if we let's talk about each car i think i think uh, talk about the supra for me, I've always been a rear-wheel drive bias person. That's the way my brain works. I enjoy squeezing the power and I enjoy the back moving around. I enjoy that being smooth with the car to be quick. Mm. Um, and the Supra is something I... It took me a while to get used to. Yeah. I must be honest. There's a car that coming from the from the Jags quite recently and getting into the Supra it took me... I was, I was a bit timid initially in that car. Yeah, but it... it the Jags are very poised. Yeah. Like, uh, you feel the weight move. It doesn't snap. And that's what yeah. the Super originally caught me out. What, yeah, because it moves quickly. Yeah, it rotates around the center so quickly. Yeah. And you go, oh, geez, now I've got to yeah. grab a handful. And that's, I must be honest, that's what Jag does very well. Yeah. Uh, but also the supercharged motor, a lot more. Yeah, it's linear. More linear than the turbocharged motor. But also you're sitting very far back on the Supra. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of the XK. Yeah. That you're almost Even sitting like on the rear axle. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that was a special car. Yeah. But... Um, it was once you get to terms with it and you oh, understand awesome. the rotation yeah, awesome. and short gearbox, eh? yeah, yeah, yeah. you notice how short the ratios are. And then you get to play with it instead of second, use third. Instead yeah. of third, use fourth. I liked it. I, I still... I enjoy, say, I enjoy it, yeah. They can say it's a BM. It's not a BM. They, they built... To be honest, even if they say it's a BM, it's like it's you've, copied, you've, you've copied the homework of the, the genius in the class. Yeah. You, you look too much like a... Like Chris Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, you look like Brad Pitt. No, sorry. Okay. I was going yeah. for the no, Jonah Hill yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my own Jonah Hill <laughs> Neglected. But um, it still had a special feel. It, it had that BM touch and feel to it. But even when we, when we drove the it The steering the launch, doesn't feel BM. No, it doesn't. But also the rake's a little bit yeah. off on the BM. Um, I don't know. Just the rotation. That compared to the Z4, I rate the Supra quite a bit more from a driving side. Yeah. The Z4 is a little bit more livable if i can say that yeah. the, the super is very tight and small and claustrophobic very slanted windscreen and 
But I loved it. Eh? I, I really, really enjoyed the so Super I. I must say, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that Super mm. circuit. And we're doing the manual launch. Yeah, so manual super is coming. And it'll be at Festival of Motoring. And we're going to have to get quite familiar with the manual car. Yeah. Because what I realized this last week, which leads on to the Yaris, is that when you've been driving paddle shift or what does Jeremy call it? Flappy paddles. Yeah, flappy paddles, yeah. Um, for the last four years or five years, when you get into something that you've got to be quite quick on the gearbox and not just driving around the road, you know, you'd, we've both got manual personal cars. But when you drive on the road in a manual car, it's quite easy. But when you're on a circuit, things get a little bit tricky. It's also, it's, it's, it's the quick down change. It's like yeah. we were saying, that clutch, if you release it too quickly, it unsettles the car yeah. and you start to forget about those types yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, there's, a, there's another dynamic that unsettles the car yes. that you, you didn't have previously. No, it's not the lift off the brake. It's not yeah. the excessive braking. It's that plus this pedal that just does whatever yeah. it wants. If you come off too quickly and then in the wrong gear, you rev it too low. And, and uh, it was, you get caught between gears as well in the Yaris. Yeah. Like but, you got nothing, and then you got sixty-seven thousand RPM. But that's the thing about that car. Also, the boost is quite yeah, it's quite, quite aggressive. Yeah. So you need to find out how to get in. There. Awesome drivers car. Yeah, I know. It, awesome, awesome. It was better than the first one we drove. Yeah. I obviously based my opinion off of the first one we drove, and yeah. this one was leagues better on the yeah. front end. Um, obviously, still very small car. It's not a practical car, no. but I, I understand a lot more where people enjoyed it from. Yeah. It's it's. It's a car you... It's purer, uh, let's yeah, say that. It's purer, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the full purest car. No, 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 I wouldn't go that far. Well, well, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's talk about when you when you started in this game. Think so, about that so, era. That so was the manual era. Yeah. I started, obviously, C55, which was auto, but old school auto. But then when I went from there to VW, manual Golf 5 GTRs, and that was, it was something that you never actually even thought about. Yeah. You know, nowadays, when you've got a manual car in circuit, you're like... You're constantly thinking about making sure the guest selects the right gear. They don't, they don't go from fifth to first yeah. or fifth to second instead of to fourth. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're constantly thinking about that now because we've become so used to this auto box and these clever auto boxes. You know, like the Jag boxes that learn the circuit. But also it doesn't allow you to go into second yeah, gear doesn't if allow you select it too much, but it can hold the gear so it gives you that... that that feel and, and instructing in, in golf 5 gtrs in 330s manual 330s um was it was a different thing uh, it was something that so you didn't think about it at the time but there was a lot more instruction you you coached a lot more because the car wasn't doing as much yeah. nowadays you've got these modern cars modern torque vectoring where the person can get onto the throttle too early too, early, yeah. too much and it'll go around the turn Whereas I remember Golf 5 GTI did that and it would just understeer off the road. Yeah. You know, the stability control light flashing. <laughs> just tells you. <laughs> just tells you. It's like, yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the early M's as well. Same same thing. Whereas right. if you got too aggressive with it, it would rotate. It would spit you out. Yeah. DSC on, DSC off, MD, it didn't. You were going around if yeah. you made a mistake. Yeah. Um, whereas the modern cars are a lot more forgiving. They can work around error. They're, listen, they calculate flipping quickly. Like, and we were, were talking about that uh, rotation sensor that yeah. you can set how much drift you want on yeah, the new M, on the McLarens. Yeah. So if you want to look like a hero, you set it to a four-degree slip angle, the car will actually hold it there for you yeah. while you bury yourself in the throttle. No, that, that new M3 is, is mind-blowing. It really, you know, when I first drove it, it if we're going to just talk about that quickly, is I first drove it, I was like, okay, it's quick. Hmm. And then, and this is how I touched on the last podcast, is it forces you to level up. Yeah. Is unless you start to ask more from the car, 
you actually won't get that, that enjoyment that you used to get at a lot less than the previous cars because these new cars are so capable. Yeah, but it they're doesn't so fast. feel like they're going as fast. But, but that's that's where you've, you've now got to go. Yes. You've got to take it that step further. And you, you've got to lean on the brakes that much harder, that much later. Yeah. You can get on the throttle that much earlier. Mm. Because these things are so good. You can work around it. You can work systems. around it. And then as soon as, and this is with DSC off, as soon as you start to, to go that side of the scale and you start to ask more from the car, I felt that old M rotation. That power rotation, the steering, the progressiveness of the way the car moves. Um, that starts to get that edgy feel to like an M car should have. And it's because then I'm asking more from it. Whereas if you're too smooth, too gentle, that's easy. Yeah, but as soon as you, you take it to that next level, yo, that new M3 is so rewarding. So then let's, let's imagine you're driving on the road. And the problem is now a guy buying an M3 now. Oh. He's got 500 horsepower, and for him to enjoy it as much as you enjoy your M, yeah, no, he's going to be going a lot faster. He's going to be having to do 200 k's an hour yeah. to get that same. Yeah. So, but then again, I ask the question: Why? Why do OEMs revoke motor plans and warranties if you take your car to the track? That's a good question. Why not employ okay. someone like ourselves that understand what vehicle sympathy is? And if you do a course, a private track day, yeah. but Wesley's with you, we won't revoke your warranty because Wesley understands not doing 10 laps and how to cool your brakes. Because, because if you look at the track sessions we do now, yeah. whether you're doing track sessions with BMW, with Jaguar, with Toyota, we're running stock tires, stock brakes, stock fluids. We never have brake issues. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Um, And it's all because we understand this vehicle sympathy side of things. Well, we when yeah. we did Nissan GTR launch, we did... It was five days at Festival of Motoring on the same discs. We changed yeah. the pads on the last day because they yeah. said they wanted to change the pads. And then well, Festival in Range Rover Sport SVR. That's right, yeah. Same tires, same, same tire, brakes, same, same brake. everything. And five doing, days of lapping. Yeah, and you're doing probably, what, 60, days. 70 laps a day? Yeah. So why, why, why don't they say that? I know Hyundai now, if you do a track day, you don't lose your warranty. They've got a full warranty with Hyundai, which I think is awesome, awesome. on the i30N. Yeah. Um, it doesn't void your warranty. Okay, service plan, obviously, there will be yeah. some kind of... But M's, Civic Type R's, trying to break all lap yeah. records now overseas. M's now got the Neuschleife at time. And, uh, yeah. But then why can't I take my car to the circuit? Even, even if you have dedicated days, like Porsche's now at, at Kalami for three weeks, apparently. Yeah. Um, but you, you have dedicated days for guests to bring their cars and and have an M experience but then I suppose their argument is come and do it in our cars I get that but then also it's not the same as driving my car yeah and and, and I might not have the latest but it's not about that yeah no. I don't want to drive the latest I want to drive my car. I, I want to do lapping in my x1 to do diesel yeah. well let's talk your that thing that scared the living shit out of you that nearly blew up on the way oh. that guy wanted to take his car on track that guy wanted to take his Toyota Taz with a truck turbo to Mars yeah to Mars yeah but I do feel like that's what we try to do privately, but then people say we're too expensive, and I don't think we're too expensive. It's And it's from the bike side as well. Once you start riding with the right people or driving with the right people, your vehicle sympathy is going to yeah. come down. Your wear and tear is going to come down. I've never gone through a set of brakes at SWAT Corps yeah. in a day. Never. Yeah. But then you get guys destroying tires and brakes in a day. Yeah. It's like, asking but, too much from us. Yeah. Well. Let me give you my daily rate. I'll come sit with you and we'll preserve your tires and brakes, and I'm paid for. There's a video now... On, on YouTube, so the same thing you're watching this on, um, with a guy losing the brakes in a, in a Tesla and, hit, a and hitting the wall at 170 miles an hour or something. And just from the outside, um, 
watching his driving technique, you can see he's asking too much from the car. You can see his body language. You can see what he's doing is he's just asking too much from the car and the systems are constantly working. And he's saying, no, he's not using the brakes, not using the brakes because the regen. But he forgets that the stability control uses the brakes. Well, that's one of the big problem with M drivers. With BMW, if your tires start to wear, when your wheels start slipping, it doesn't cut power. It yeah, breaks the rear wheels. Yeah, so and you destroy rear pads. Yeah. And then you go, oh, my BM's so heavy. No. Yeah. Your tires are out. You're doing burnouts. It's a purest car that goes, all right, well, let's give you drive because you're asking for drive, but it will limit it on brakes. Yeah. And then people complain about that. It's yeah. kind of not your vehicle, I suppose. That's why it's so important, I think, if you are an enthusiast, and I'd assume you would be if you got this far into the podcast and you're listening, is go on a course. Go on, go on a course and learn something from people like us uh, who are, first of all, passionate about what we do, but also we're there to, we've done it. Yeah. We've asked too much from cars. My car now, 205,000 Ks. Yeah. I've done a few track days on mine and I drive home from the track, no problem. My 36 M3 had 310,000 Ks or 311,000 Ks and I was doing track days on it. Yeah. And it, it was amazing. And, but that's essentially what you're paying for. You're not paying for to use BMW's car on the, on the racetrack. You're paying for that experience and that knowledge. Yeah. And we can do that in your car. And for me personally, why learn to drive in an M3 if you've got a Ford Fiesta? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to know how the MDM mode works in a BM. It's awesome. And it's cool. It's an awesome experience. Yeah. Go do it. But then don't think when you go on the road, your Fiesta can do the same as that M. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, it's a catch-22. I think I just think it's an important thing to do. And yeah. I, I think that we live in, in a, a place where, or in a time, where people play Gran Turismo yeah. and they watch Neutschleifer videos yeah. and then therefore you're a good driver. Also, I've watched models, so, so I must be a good model. You, well, you are a good model. No, I've got chick's legs. Yeah. It's lacquer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's the whole thing behind it. And, you know, I've literally had someone tell me when we were in a Nissan GTR, that, wow, this is so different to Gran Turismo. Yeah. They literally told me, and I, was, I actually I couldn't actually fathom what they said. I was, excuse me? And they repeated themselves. And I was like, is this person like stupid? What's going on? I don't, I don't understand why, why this is a surprise to you. This is real life. There's no reset button when things go pear-shaped. I suppose it's marketing from the other side. If I've never driven a Lambo and I'm playing all these simulators and I'm reading reviews of people saying how realistic it is, then from their side they go, this must be close. Yeah. And we do those ultimate driving experiences. And there you see a lot of people as well. That uh, Same thing. Listen, GTR, I had a guy jump in the car with me. And he obviously did his research, how to put launch control on, turn yeah. off aircon, turn off traction control, turn off um, uh, uh, sport mode or whatever. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said to him, what are you doing? He says to me, don't worry, I'll drive a turbocharged car. Yeah. And I said to him, but have you been on the circuit before? And he said, what do you mean? I said, have you ever been on SWAT Corps besides today? And he said, no. And it was his yeah. first car. And I said to him, well, then, why are you turning everything off? He says, I don't want it to restrict me. So I was like, okay, what do you drive? A Fiesta ST, yeah. 132 kilowatts. Yeah. And he doesn't want the 412 kilowatt GTR to limit power yeah. from his, his experience, but never been on the track before. And I look at it and I go, but why would you go to a shooting range if you've got a BB gun and now they give you an AR-15 and you go, they give you I a don't tank. need a safety <laughs> They give you a tank. That's what it is. You're going from a BB gun to a tank. <laughs> and I'll be the instructor sitting yeah. next to you going, Leave that alone. Yeah. But that's a, that's but, a but thing. But people, people don't realize... How dangerous cars are. But how dangerous, but how much... Uh, the gap between a GTR, which is a benchmark, awesome car. I've got nothing against it, personally. I think a GTR is a really nice car. But a GTR and a F-Type R. Yeah. 
or a Nissan GTR or a 911, that the gap there is massive. massive. Mm. You know, at Festival of Motoring, once again, privileged enough to do laps in a F-Type SVR, 423 kilowatt, 700 newton meters of torque. Oh, I've said those two numbers a lot. Eh? And amazing car. And you're driving around Golf R's. You're driving around RS3s. They're just in the way. They're like moving cones that you're just like, I'm just going to pass this RS3 quickly and I'm going to carry on in my lap. And you're talking to the customer about his weekend and what he's thinking about the car and how amazing the car is. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's an S4. Okay, around you go. And that's when you start to realize that, yeah, these RS3s are quick off the line and robot to robot will, will stay with an F-type SVR. But when you start to play in the real world on a racetrack, yeah. the, the, the gaps are massive. Like a, a, a golfer on the circuit, amazing car golfer, amazing, not taking anything away from it, or an RS3. But in their segment, they're amazing. Mm. But if you drive an RS3 or a Golf R, don't think that you're a supercar. Yeah, but then these, these, that's where these tuning wars come in in quarter mile time, boys. It's, yeah. it's, light is the best thing for quarter mile, and yeah. I get that. I mean, the GTL is also good and stuff. But if you look at a quarter mile difference of two seconds, yeah. it's not that much. Like People look at it and go, oh, you know, it's close. I wouldn't spend the extra million rand on yeah. an M3 yeah. to get two seconds quicker than a Golf R over a quarter mile. And I go, cool. But when you start understanding, like you say, on a racetrack, your, your two seconds is six seconds on a racetrack. The the enjoyment that you get, the feel, the, the power feels so much bigger. More, I'd say more than six seconds. Much more than six yeah, seconds. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is, yeah. Mm. And and that's where you really see the difference with what a performance car is all about. But that's also... That's why it's a privilege to do what we do yeah. when we do these laps. But like I say, we always rip off cars that we get into, but yeah. I don't know, but you... 720s it had big shoes to fill yeah you driven it yeah. delman had driven it and you guys went on about it now for me to get that wow fact is i i had a benchmark yeah. and when i actually got to drive it i was like what devendale said it's there yeah whereas if an m3 did that you'd be like my god that yeah. m3 is ridiculous so from our perspective is we also compare to what we know yeah um you can drive a gt3 rs and go yes that's flipping impressive and then you get into a gis and you go it's still quite cuck but you got to compare it to its class, its class. It, what it is. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's I, like I said, I'm not about quarter mile. I think yeah, yeah, Dino boys are cool. Your car's fast. You're not. Your car's fast. Yeah. You've just proven that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't are scared to do what what we do on a track. So yeah. anyway, it's it's a and and you know not just racetrack stuff. If you if you look at off road, yeah, you know off road you get people that arrive and they you know. Have you done a lot of off-roading? Yeah, 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 I've done this. And then they have never been into low range. And yeah. then you get this opportunity to take them through this whole thing. This journey. And, this and, journey. And for me, there's a lot more to learn driving off-road than there is a lot. on a racetrack. There's a lot. And this is actually, thinking about it now, this is where I said last time that an M3 and a Defender have something in common. The level up mode. The level up. Is that the new Defender, love it or hate it, I love that thing. I think it's really cool. But um, if you go off-road in it, initially it can be boring. Because yeah. you can leave it in drive. In Not drive. in low range. I've done nothing. Yeah. I put it into drive and it'll go wherever you want it to go. It is so clever. It is so capable. And then you're like, okay, no, off-roading is a bit boring. But well, once again, you've got to know, go and, go and find yeah. the bigger hill, the well, bigger rock, the when, bigger hole. When we went to Cape Town that first time, yeah. myself and Scott went to go wreck your route. We yeah. left it in drive, not auto-terrain response, normal. Yeah. And drove. And I was like, you know what? If if something challenges us here in normal mode, then yeah. it'll be suited for a customer. Yeah. 
we still didn't get stuck. Yeah. It still did everything easily. So it's Unbelievably capable. We had to do that. And, yeah. and customers were blown away from that, especially people that have never been off-roading before. Yeah. Um, but then, like you say, you literally just power on, nothing's happening, traction control, another 5%, and it finds a way out. It it's like, way. it's ridiculous. Okay. I'd like to push that car to its limit. Where I, don't, where I don't have to pay for damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can see it working in the sand. Yeah. You can see it oh, working. Please. You know, it's, it's an amazingly capable vehicle, but as I say, that's where it's, and it's weird to say it's similar to an M3, but it is because they both, one makes you level up off-road yeah. and the other one makes you level up on a circuit or, yeah. or on-road, not no, on public that. road. Never actually thought of it like that. You know, you just got to take this technology and ask more from it. Yeah, but then what does piss me off as well is a V8 Defender. It's mm. mucho fast. But then another point of it. But, but you still have to slow that down. Yeah. And, and physics is one thing you'll never change is you can drive... 250Ks now, 300Ks now and anything. But it's going to handle differently from an F1 car. I think uh, my personal opinion is performance SUVs are, first of all, they're an engineering masterpiece. Yeah. What they do, they Range Rover Sport SVR Give at, people at Festival, they you know, they they are unreal. You know, Range Rover Sport, we were in the SVR and we got accused of bullying sports cars and supercars at Festival of Motoring. Like, it's ridiculous. And I had an argument with the marshal saying, but we're in this Range Rover. Yeah. You know, so, so, so Dev got called aside because he was flashing. And hooting. I won't say what brand, but a, a good over 300 kilowatt car. Yeah. And uh, Dev was flashing and hooting at him to get out his way. And, and he got called down to the COC. And the marshal stood there and said to him, please stop um, bullying other cars. And Dev said to him, but I'm in an SUV. I've got a family car with four people in listening to music with my massaging seats on. And that guy says I'm bullying him. And the marshal said, you're actually right. <laughs> you shouldn't be catching up to this guy. And we were all over everybody. All over. It's amazing car. And amazing, you don't worry about curbs in those cars. No, you don't worry about anything. <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's an engineering masterpiece. But but you do feel the brakes. You do feel the weight. I, I think that what I buy one now is I would buy, I find it's... Straight six diesel. No, I find I'm not a, a diesel fan. Performance SUV, rather, whether you look at a Range Rover Sport SVR or you look at an X5M, I drove that, that X6M as well. They're amazing cars, mm. engineering masterpieces. But it's not as good as an F-Type well, on the Range Rover side. Uh, the X6M is not as good as an M3. Yeah, or M5. Or M5 on the handling side. And it's not as capable as a Defender. And it's not as if you look on the Land Rover, Jaguar Land Rover side, and not as capable as an X5 or whatever it is with off road pack. So you've got this car that sort of sits in the middle. It's it's good. It's a status car. But it's, it's really good. Yeah. But it, I would buy a three liter diesel Defender yeah. and uh, an F Type if you're looking at that brand. Or an M3 and a three liter diesel X5. Yeah. Like, I, I think that buy something that you can go on a gravel road. Yeah. You know, if you're riding 22s... But that's the thing as well. It's it's You, you want X, X5. I'm going to use X5 yeah. for an example. You buy an X5M because it looks the part. It's got the big wheels. It's got the exhaust. It's fast. But so is the 5 Series. Yeah. You're not going to take an M5 off-road. Yeah. Like, you're not going to take that X5 off-road. It can, but you're not going to. This brings us into the States. Yeah. Oh! I, I, I've always said, our market doesn't understand an estate market. Yeah. We need estates. We need estates. Oh, it looks like a hearse. Looks so good. So does your X5M. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a pillock. Buy yeah. an M5 
or get an X5. If you want, like if you want an M5 with more space, you want an M5 estate <laughs> because you still want the thing to yeah. handle. Yeah, you know, you but still that's want exactly that, that dynamic. You don't want to be up here. And the... It's better on fuel. Yeah, it's cheaper on tires. Yeah, it's far more controlled on the road. Yeah, it can stop quicker and has the space of your X5. Yeah, why not? Why not? RS6 Avant, love it. Yeah, put your dogs in the back. Let their faces pull off. Yeah. You can go fast. And you know what? You can cruise at the same time. Cruise, yeah. I saw an E60, E61, I think it's called, the Estate, oh, yeah, M5 yeah. V10 in Polokwane. Oh, hectic. Black one. Flipping fun in love. I've never seen another one in South Africa. I've never seen one. And it just blows my mind that people don't like them. Like you said now, a van. I would buy a van. I'd buy a van. From a practicality perspective. But then I'm not going, I'm not going to be expected to go off-road with it. That's fine. I'm happy with that. But our market, when it comes to... I had a discussion with some of the some of the guys now. Sorry to interrupt you. Some of the, the instructors are, are off-road enthusiasts. Um, well, we're all car enthusiasts. Yeah. And I asked them, when last did you go into low range in their personal cars? And a lot of them couldn't tell me. And that's where I went onto this thing where you actually don't need a, a, an off-road car. You just need a van. Yeah. If you want space, buy a van, and that'll solve your space issues because you don't actually need a trailer. Drive. Yeah. No, you, you don't, don't need a trailer. You don't need roof box. You don't need anything. Yeah. Oh. I, I didn't tell you my story. Yeah. I sent you a video. On Saturday, I did some training for Mrs. South Africa for their upcoming show. Uh, there was a bunch of ladies that are going to be driving up some of the mountains in the Eastern Cape. And uh, Suzuki gave them some gymneys, and Nicole had a gymney herself. And um, what's the first rule of 4 by 4 So the first rule of 4 by 4 is to walk the obstacles. Okay. You do a little bit of a risk assessment, essentially. Okay, no, I'm just checking. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to go drive not on the track, I just wanted to go drive around to see what obstacles we could do and then potentially tackle one and walk it. So the one little part I walked over, I was like, no, this is fine. It's just an up and over. The guys can get a feel for this and went up this little hill and I'm chatting to my wife. And as we go down, I landed up in this mud pit. Hmm. <laughs> and what, is your, what did your wife say? Where's... She's a better instructor than me, apparently, hmm. because she didn't get dirty. Yes, she didn't get dirty <laughs> and her advice was afterwards yes. we should have walked it we should have walked it yeah, and just to make uh, things better my son's nearly two and uh i had to get out the car we didn't get pulled out yeah. I, I i was a man i said well, i got stuck i'll get us <laughs> out and i dropped the tire pressures at each tire but every tire i dropped the pressures at my son hung out the window and went stuck he knew he knew his dad had <laughs> back right wheel he climbed over to the back stuck for 45 minutes this happened Eventually, I stacked rocks, rocked the car, bells, drove it out, so she's the best, and I was covered in mud. We then started the day, and I looked like that. So, that was, we used low range. Yeah, yeah you used low range. First <laughs> time in? Car. We, last year, we tried it. We tried it. Yeah. So, yeah, twice in two years. It's the same as how many people take their M's on track. I suppose it's the same thing. By, by 330 diesel. Mm. <laughs> mm. 330 estate. All right. Yeah. I'm not a diesel sedan fan. Yeah. We won't get into that now. But um, yeah, so what we'll do, guys, is as Dev says, I'll check in some videos and stuff. Um, keep following us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, whatever it's called. Um, we've got Instagram. I'll put your company Instagram on as well if you guys want to check our shiny rides. They actually, the providers for Jaguar Land Rover's car wash, uh, they do some other private stuff as well. So if you guys are interested, Give Shiny Rides a follow. And uh, yeah, I'll put everything else in the chat. So anything else you want to say, Dave? No. No, thank you, guys. Um, have a look at our videos and pictures. We're going to add more and more pictures and videos over the course of the yeah, but our we'll, journey. We'll, we'll also, we'll put some on Instagram. So follow us and then we'll put yeah. some short snippet videos and stuff there. So yeah. 
Lekker. Cool. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.